So today is Father's Day. I'm excited. It's the day that we celebrate the dads. Not It came about 58 years after Mother's Day was established. Men were not bitter, but it's whatever. I was amazed 58 years, but it's a day that we honor fathers. We honor the dads, but it's a day that hardware stores and Lowe's are busy with gifts and all this stuff, and, and we bring honor to the dads in our lives, the dads that we know. This is technically my first year, and that's been one of the greatest experiences of my life. I'm only 11 months into it, so I'm not going to stand up here and give advice to anybody. Um, my wife and daughter were here earlier, but it was nap time, so that all will be happy in our house. She went home and took a nap. So, um, but happy Father's Day to all you dads out there. I am honored and humbled and privileged to be here speaking out of God's word on this day. And, and though it is a day that brings excitement to many, I realize that this is a day that's tough for several. That, that this is a day that, that is a tough day for some, whether, whether your dad was a good one or not. Maybe, maybe you didn't have a relationship with your dad, or maybe you did. Maybe you're that dad figure, but you've never been a father. There's the difference there. But whatever the case may be, it's not all about that. We are today, our goal, my goal, my prayer is that we bring honor and we bring our gratitude to the heavenly father, the ultimate father, the true father. That is who we are going to look at today. That is going to be the focal point of this message in this time today. Yes, I love all the dads out there. I love my father. In fact, that's why I am like I am in many different ways. He's a pastor and our preaching styles are so similar, it's scary, so you have him to blame. But I love my father. I love that there's several dads here. But that's not the point of today. Today's point is to look at the love of the heavenly father, to look at the heart of the father. My prayer is that not only fathers today, but, but wives and mothers and sons and daughters, that we would encounter the ultimate father, the true father, that today we would encounter him. And then as we encounter him, may we strive to live like him. May we strive to lead like him. May we strive to love like the heavenly father loves. So if you have your Bibles, turn over to John 3. If not, the scripture's gonna be on the screen. And, and to be quite honest, today's text is one that I strive, or, and I kind of stay away of because it's a, it's a text that's familiar to so many. John chapter three, we, we know several of the verses there. In fact, we learn John three sixteen in Vacation Bible School. We can say it frontwards and backwards. We hold it up, I don't know why, on poster boards at wrestling event. why I went wrestling, football, all those events. You paint it on the eye black of your eyes. It's the thing to do. We all know it. So I try to stay away from it. For some reason, I just gravitate away. But this week, as I was preparing, I had a message completely lined out, and then God said, no, talk about the heart of the Father. No, you need to focus in on the heart of our Heavenly Father and what He has for us. Focus in on the heart of the Heavenly Father to all of His children. So this morning, it's so good. John chapter 3, we are going to start in verse 16. It says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, 
that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. Verse 19 goes on to say, And this is the judgment. The light has come into the world, and the people love the darkness rather than the light because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his works should be exposed. But whoever does what is true comes in the light so that he may be clearly seen that his works have been carried out in God. So this morning we're going to look at several things about the heart of the Father, the heart of the Heavenly Father. And I know some of you may have had this rough and this maybe not so pleasant mentality of what the Father is or who a Father is supposed to be. But I want you to keep an open mind today. And allow us to look in just a glimpse of the heart of our Heavenly Father and let Him change you. So first off, we see the heart of the Father has a deep love. There's this deep love, a love so deep it's incredible. It's, you can't calculate it, you can't measure it. There's no way you can even fathom the depth of the love of God. He has love for, for two things we're going to look at. One, for the Son. He has a deep, deep love for the Son. God's love for the Son is so vast, it's so rich, it's so deep, it's hard to even fathom and hard to even put into words because He loves the Son so much. In Hebrews chapter 1 verse 3 it says this, talking about Jesus, He is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of His nature and He upholds the universe by the word of His power. And after making purifications for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. Did you get what that said? It said the radiance of the glory of God, the brightness, the, the illumination, the focal point of the glory of God is here in of Jesus. It is the focal point. It is the radiance, the brightness, if you will, of the glory of God is Jesus and the exact imprint the exact imprint of his nature of God is Jesus. This, this man who is fully God yet fully man is the exact imprint of God the Father. He radiates the God's glory. When he was here on earth, people knew he was different. He radiated, it, it exuded from his being and he sits at the right hand of the Father. He sits at God's mighty right hand. God has a deep love for the Father. In John 3, 35, it says this, The Father loves the Son and has given everything, all things, into his hands. This shows that the Father delegated authority over the whole universe to the Son. So no matter what you're facing in this life, Jesus is enough. If your bank account shows zeros or there's red, Jesus is enough. If your relationship is in shambles, Jesus is enough. If you've turned everywhere else and you can't find hope, Jesus is enough. No matter what color of skin you are, no matter what language you speak, no matter how many scars, how many issues you have, Jesus is enough. All things you're facing, God has said, here, they're under your control, Jesus. And he says, I have authority. He has given all things into the hands of Jesus. 
He is enough. I don't know about you, I might get excited this morning. Hopefully that's okay. Jesus is enough. God love, his love for the son is so deep. He said, here is all authority. Here is this whole universe. Here, take it all. And Jesus has it and he is in charge and he is reigning over it today. We also see the love of the Father displayed on the Son in Matthew chapter 3. After Jesus is baptized in Matthew 3 verse 17, it says, And behold, a voice from heaven came and said, This is my beloved Son with whom I am well pleased. God has a deep, deep love for his Son. But he also, praise the Lord, has a deep love for us, for this world, for each and every one of us sitting in this room, if you're turning, tuning in online, no matter who you are, God has a deep love for each and every one of us. He loves us even when we're unlovable. He loves us in, even when nobody else can love us. He still loves us. Even when we've messed up so big that there looks like there's no rebound from it, God loves each and every one of us. When we messed up, when we're filthy, when we're dirty, with our flaws, with our baggage, God still loves us. He says in Romans 3, 23, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We're not going to meet up to his standards. God still loves us, praise the Lord. Because we are flawed, he still loves us, even in the midst of our filthiness, even in the midst of our mistakes and our rebellion. God still loves us. Romans 6, 23 also says, for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus, in Christ Jesus our Lord. I love this verse because, you know what, we've all sinned. We read that, I stand before you today, I'm a sinner. Don't get too excited about I'm making that proclamation because you're in the same boat with me. We are all sinners. We've all messed up. We've all screwed up. We've all done stupid things and we've messed up that have fallen short of God's glory. But here's the awesome part about that. That's not where the story ends. That's not the end of it. That's not where we're identified. That's not what makes our focus. That's not who we are. He says, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. Yes, we have all sinned, and yes, there is a payment that is due for that sin. But praise the Lord, our God has taken care of it for us. Our God has covered it. In the Old Testament, to, to make that payment for sin, something had to die. There had to be bloodshed. Here's where the Bible goes a little rated R. It's okay. You watch worse on Netflix. There had to be shedding of blood, whether an animal, so it had to be a spotless animal, it had to be an animal without flaws, it had to be something that was pure. There had to be this payment for death. Jesus was that. He was that sacrifice. He came and he was that payment. He took that punishment for us. That's why Jesus came. He took that for me. He said, I know he's the sinner. I know he messes up. I'm willing to take that, allow my blood to be shed for that man, for that woman. I am willing to take all that and hang on the cross so that I can have a relationship with him. 
He came out of love. Jesus came out of God's love for each and every one of us. We read it in verse 16. For God so loved the world. For God so loved me despite all the things I've done wrong. Despite the times I just don't get it up here. For God so loved this guy that he was willing to send his son knowing full well what it was going to entail, knowing full well the, the heartache that was going to bring, the, the pain, the torture, the misery that he was going to go through because he loves me. And the same is true for you. John 17 verse 23 says, so that the world may know that you sent me and love them even as you loved me. God has a deep, crazy love for each and every one of us. God has a deep, crazy love, and I love that because no matter where you are, no matter what the world has said to you, his love is constant. His love is there. His love is deep and strong, and it's not going anywhere. We also see not only does he have a deep love, but he also, the heart of the Father, is absent of condemnation. It is absent of condemnation. Verse 17 says, the first part said, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. That would be a good spot for an amen or something. Come on, people. Let's, can I get a witness up in here? We're going to have church. Talk about a reason to get excited. He says, God didn't send his son just to condemn the world, to mark off all of our flaws, to label us with that red letter. He didn't do that. He isn't sitting there in heaven taking score with a scorecard and saying, I can't believe they messed up in that. He just asked for forgiveness and he did that again. That's not how my Jesus rolls. That's not what he came for. He came to love us. He came to seek us out. He came to save us. He came without condemnation. He came in love. Romans 8.1 says, There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. If we have found ourselves under the umbrella of the saving knowledge and umbrella of Jesus Christ, there is no condemnation. No matter what your past says, no matter what your time hop shows on your Instagram and social media, no matter where you've walked before, if you are found in Christ Jesus, there is no longer any condemnation. For those that have given their lives over to him, for those who have received this free gift of God, for those who have surrendered and said, here I am, you can have all of me, there is no condemnation, no longer. And I love what the rest of verse 17 says. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. He didn't come to condemn. He didn't come to sit on this highly throne and, and look down on people. No, he came to save the world. Even though he was the king of kings, he didn't come to condemn and, and throw punishment out. He came to love. He came to heal. He came to rescue. He came to redeem. He came to save us. He came to save this world. He did not come to condemn but so that the whole world might be saved through him. He didn't come to condemn or 
bring up social divides. He came so that the whole world, not just Guthrie America or our family unit, not just the state of Oklahoma, not just the United States of America. He came so that the whole world might be saved through him. The heart of the Father has a great and a deep love for not only the Son, but for each and every one of us. It is also absent from condemnation. And thirdly, the heart of the Father rescues us. The heart of the Father rescues us. Luke 19.10 says, For the Son of Man came to seek and to save that what was lost, to save us from the bondage of sin, to save us from the sting of death, to save us from eternity separation, separated from him. We just sang, death could not hold him. Sin, and he silenced the, the sin and the grave that the heavens roar. There is no rival. There is no equal. Now and forever you reign. He came to save us from that sin. He came to save us, to rescue us, to redeem us. Now and forever. He came to seek and save the lost. It doesn't say he just came to the social clubs and the, the, the country clubs to save those of that level. It says he came to seek them out. He didn't sit in the air conditioning. He went out and found those that needed hope, that needed saving, that needed the redeeming, that needed that relationship. He seeked, sought out, not seeked, he would seek them out and he saved them. He saves us, he rescues us, he guides us. He is there with us. As was mentioned earlier, he will never leave us nor forsake us. He has come. He rescues us. He walks with us. As I was preparing this, this week, I was reminded of, of a story of my father and I. We had moved one of my brothers down to Nacogdoches, Texas. Beautiful area. Um, if you ever ever been there, you have to go there to get there. But it's out in the middle of nowhere. It's way too far away. But as my father-in-law, we got him moved in, settled. We decided to start driving back to Shawnee where the rest of the family was. As we started driving, my dad and I just, we came to this conclusion, we're just going to drive north-ish. And because we knew Oklahoma was north, we're geniuses. So we started taking off, just going heading north, no plan, no map, no Hey, we're going to look at this. We're going to stop and see that we had no clue. We had no clue where we were at. That road said north. We're jumping on it. Praise be unto the Lord. So as we were doing this, as we were traveling north, bound-ish, without a map, without a plan, about minute number 31, it was fun for the first 30, minute number 31, we came to the realization we had no clue where we are at. Not only do we not know where we're at, we're in this foreign land, this exile, just kidding. We're in Texas without a clue other than we need to go north. And in that moment, that realization, if we truly wanted to reach our destination, which we did, the sun was starting to head down. We're like, there's only an amount of daylight left. We didn't have our security blankets on our hips either. Some of you guys get that. As we traveled, we came to the realization we need to seek out guidance. We can't do this alone. Yeah, it's fun for a little bit, but we need direction. We need guidance. Quite frankly, we needed to be rescued. 
So in that moment, we had to seek out direction. We had to seek out the map. We had to find a plan. We then orchestrated this plan. Yeah, it took a little bit long because we had wandered way off the path. It wasn't the easiest path to get home, and it wasn't the most economical. But we realized we had strayed. We realized though we had a generalized direction, we were not going to hit the mark. We needed direction. And as I was preparing this week, that story hit me because how many times is that in our lives? We say, God, I've got it in this season of time. God, I've got it for a little bit. Maybe for 30 minutes, it's fun. But at 30 min 31st minute, we realize that we need direction and we start scrambling. How can I figure this out? How can I escape from this that I've already dug myself into? And I love this verse. Jesus provides direction for us. He rescues us. He redeems us. He saves us. John 14, 6, he gives us the pathway. Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. There's no other way. There is this one way. There's no shortcuts. There's no pike paths. There's no back roads that can get you there. There's no hidden path. It is illuminated. It is there. Jesus says, I am the only way. There's no other way. You can try to fill that void with something else, but it's not going to fit. It's not going to sustain. It's not going to work. There is only one way, and that's through the Father. There's only one way through Jesus to get to the Father. There's only that one way. Jesus provides us direction. Jesus provides us that hope when he gives us that free gift of eternal life, of salvation. We just have to put that in action. We just have to receive it. We just have to say yes. We just have to humble ourselves and move ourselves out of the way and say, yes, I'm going to turn my life over to him. Yes, I'm going to seek his counsel. Yes, I'm going to stop trying to do it on my own and follow along with him. Yes, I'm going to experience that love because I've tried and I've searched and searched, but I can't find it on social media. I can't find it at the club. I can't find it in my job, even though we're making a bunch of money. I can't find it in that new home. I can't find it anywhere else. It's time that we say yes to him. He is the only way to the Father. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son for me. That if I believe in him, I'll have eternal life. I will have a right relationship with him. This Father's Day, would you make it the Father's Day that you'll remember for, from now and forever? This Father's Day, will you stop searching for all the other stuff to fill that void and say yes to the Heavenly Father? This Father's Day, will you relinquish control of trying to be the masculine guy or the mom that has it all together or the student or the kid, whatever the case may be. May you say, I'm going to stop trying and say yes and run to the Savior whose arms are wide open waiting for you. This Father's Day, will you say yes to him? Because here's the awesome thing. He came to rescue us. He came to save us. He gave of himself on that cross for me, for you. He allowed his blood to be shed, his body to be broken, so that we could spend eternity with him, so that we 
could have that hope so that we could experience a love like never before. I don't know about you, but there's never been anybody else in this life that has loved me so much. My parents love me. My wife loves me. No one's ever given of their, of blood for me. Except God the Father who offered his son. He gave freely his son for me and you. May we bow our heads. God, we thank you. God, we thank you that no matter what type of fathers we have had, God, that you are the ultimate father. God, that you are the father that trumps all of them. God, we thank you that you loved us so much that you would be willing to give your son. And God, that you went through with it to watch your son in agony and pain to bear my sins and be the sacrifice for me. God, I thank you for that. God, I pray that in this place, if there's a father, a mother, a son, or a daughter that doesn't know you, that has never encountered you, that has never experienced the love like no other love, that God, today, they would say yes to you. That today, they would run up to the Father's lap and into your loving arms that are wide open waiting for us that today would be the day we surrender ourselves to you, Father. God, we thank you for your love. We thank you that there's grace. God, we thank you that though we are sinners, you still died for us. Though we are sinners and messed up, you still love us. So God, use us now to go out and love others as you have loved us. We love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Don't forget to grab a prayer bracelet. Don't forget to grab a Family Fest sign. Thank you so much. Have a great week. We'll see you next Sunday.